His name is Donovan Grant. Back in episode 12 of the Clone Saga Chronicles, he was teased about a particular issue, and for the past two years, he's been forbidden to read spoilers about it. And now, you get to hear his thoughts about the issue that, well, is almost legendary now. It's taken a life of its own. It's called Limited Number One of Scarlet Spider. So join me on this very first episode of 2014 of Clone Sire Chronicles, the podcast, episode 33, Donovan's Rage, or better known as Unlimited Number One. Happy New Year, everybody. Whoa, I don't think I even want to hear your story. All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man. I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. You see? I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity. Dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that, according to our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse. Why didn't you just tell me I was a clone? The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming apart. I'm your host, Zach Joyner, and I'm joined this episode by Gerard Delatour. Mecca lecca hi, mecca hiney ho. Joshua Labenbertoni. Oh, lucka vena vana hey, so Hey, Macarena. Hi. <laughs> and the man of the hour, Donovan Morgan Grant. I'm Wait, why am I the man of the hour? Because you, you finally got to read this issue. We've been, like, holding it away from you for the last two years. You should have tried harder. I know, right? <laughs> uh, can, we, can we just talk about it now? <laughs> In just a couple of minutes. First, we got some business to take care of. Oh. All right, Deadly so, serious business. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, since the last time we recorded, there was these teasers that came out for New York Comic Con, and one of those teasers was all a teaser called War. That's all it said. Yeah. Had Chris what is it good for? Exactly. First thing that Good God. <laughs> anyway, but uh, it was it was a, it was a one word teaser that Marvel's been doing this for what a couple of years now. And it ended up being the New Warriors are being relaunched with Kane. Well, excuse me, the Scarlet Spider doesn't actually, you know, confirm if it's Kane or not. As part come on, of, really? Well, are we doing this now? Is that, uh, come on. Well, actually, uh, the, the interviews with Yost have actually said he, he won't specifically say if it's Kane or not. It's Kane. Oh, you mean sort? You mean sort of like how they tried to trick people into thinking Ben Riley was coming back recently? Yeah, exactly. And it ended up being. Anyway, but guys, what are your thoughts on that particular aspect? So we're getting more Scarlet Spider, just not in his own title. Uh, by the time this, by the time this episode is released, the series will have already been canceled. <laughs> no, seriously though, it'll be it'll be canceled in like a year. I mean, that, that's that's not sticking around. I give it eight issues. Is it bad that I'm the pessimist in this? 
Eight issues? No, no, I, I can't read a book that goes past eight issues. Those numbers are too high. We need to relaunch. What's the point now? Yeah, the fact that, like, like Scarlet Spider is, like, currently one of the, like, highest, like, numbered issue books in Marvel at the moment. Think about that. Yeah, I know, right? It didn't Fantastic Four just hit double digits? They're like, nope, <laughs> going back to number one again. <laughs> again. And then I, 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 I just hope the book doesn't suck. I hope it doesn't suck either. I, I, it, it does have the high evolutionary, so it does tie into this episode a lot. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Now I'm confident. <laughs> Suckage confirmed. Yeah, the, the high evolutionary. You know, everyone's favorite character. <laughs> yeah, and you're gonna find out why in this episode. No, you're not. This is not my favorite character. <laughs> the, the high evolutionary. He'll, he'll, he'll spend like you know the the new war. I, and I, I know this is getting a little bit into the main content of our episode, but he'll be like. He'll go to, like, some Jewish temple and be like, why are you guys worshipping another god? Oh, hell no. I am going to defraud your religion if it's the last thing I do. So exactly. then, like, he plants some, like, fake journals about, like, the history of Judaism. And- <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and the funny thing is about this new Warriors team, it's it's basically got half of the original lineup. You've got uh, Justice, uh, Nova, and Speed... Well, not the not the original Nova, it's the new Nova, because Jeff Lowe. Right. It's all Jeff Lowe's fault. And uh, you got, uh, of course, Scarlet Spider was on was on the new Warriors, which we'll eventually get to those issues eventually. But, yeah, I... I tried one for Maximum Clonage, and I remember, like, there was some weird confusion. Oh, yeah, like... <laughs> I, remember, I remember Don getting a lot of mileage out of the fact that one of them was named Justice. <laughs> I don't know why. Was, that, was, that was a blast from the unfortunate past when, when characters were named such on that and in G.I. Joe Extreme. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when you're reading the Clone Saga trades, like, they stuff the uh, New Warriors issues in them. They're just so out of place, it's not even funny. And the really weird thing is, is they actually don't do uh, the one guest appearance that he had in New Warriors, Ben Riley, that is, as Spider-Man. Like, they completely left that story out. I don't know why. I thought that, I thought that was interesting. It would have required them to read more New Warriors. Yeah. I think there's a total of, like, seven issues that they include uh, in, the, in the trade paperbacks. I'll have to, I'll have to confirm that number, but, but I'll... Uh, See that you do. We have any more thoughts on the Kane joining the New Warriors? I'm glad that he's like still being around the Marvel Universe. It's kind of good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, it, it, New Warriors, a, more like New Losers. Yeah, I, <laughs> at least we'll see some some more of Kane and Araceli. That's that's the good news. That, that those they are confirmed on to be on the team. So anyway, you just said the opposite. You just said that Scarlet Spider is confirmed to be on the team, but not necessarily to be Kane. Well, I I, I said Scarlet and Araceli. I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't. I'm just going off of the interviews that Yost, Yost has specifically said has avoided saying if it's going to be Kane or not for some strange reasons. So that's why I'm avoiding saying it's Kane. <laughs> why is I, I love how that's like a secret. Like I know, right? I, I, I've been like trying to keep us in. Well, okay, the funny thing is, and you could edit this out of the podcast, but um, Dan Slott, like, ever since the Venom series has gotten canceled, he's been saying, like, you know, we don't know what's going to happen to Flash Thompson in Darkest Hour. You know, he could lose the Venom symbiote or he could die. We don't know. Anything goes. And then last night they just announced, like, that Venom was going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. And you see an image and it's like, it's Flash Thompson Venom. It's not like any ordinary Venom. The image is <laughs> right. the Flash Thompson Venom costume. For on CBR, the biggest Marvel apologist said, well... We don't know if that's Flash or not. I'll just tweet his, I'll just tweet his name. <laughs> oh my like, god, really? Really? See that really? You do. 
Really? Because, like, yeah, yeah, Cletus Cassidy's gonna wear the Venom suit and, like, look like Flash Thompson, you know, Commander. Yeah. You sure about that? I mean, they had Kane wear a Spider-Man suit in uh, Grim Hunt, and everybody just thought he was Spider-Man. Or Kane wearing Spider-Man suits in, um, um, that, that like, one Unlimited issue. (laughs) (laughs) With his regular suit underneath it. That was awesome. Oh, dear. (sighs) But no, uh... We we all know what it really is, because it's like they almost know that no one is going to want to read this, so they need to build up a a false sense of, like, a false air of mystery around it to try to make it seem like it's a bigger deal than it is. Why they're just, why they're canceling these solo titles, and then turning around and putting these... Because they're not selling! Well, no, no. (laughs) I I, I get that, but then they they turn around and they put them on a team book that, you know, nobody demands. Well, it's it's the old uh, theory where if you take a bunch of small fan bases and you, like, Voltron them together into a larger fan base, that somehow that's going to increase your sales. (laughs) If you you, uh, decide to take it to the Megazord. Right. We need Megazord power now! The, the The problem with that terrible idea is that they just don't account for the fact that a bunch of them overlap or that people just call out the fact that it's a stupid like attempt to do yeah, it's that like, exact it's like thing. Yeah, it's like is trying to like outdo the 90s with with his with his new new warriors run. Like let's bring in the high evolutionary because everybody demanded the new warriors and the high evolution. I'm just saying. And we mean everyone. Everyone. And and speaking of the high evolutionary, we're going to get to this to the to the to the topic at hand. When we were discussing doing the uh, first month of the Scarlet Spider books, Josh made the suggestion that this needed to be its own episode. And because it's a 50 page book. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And between that and Gerard's comment at the end of last episode, which was this may be the worst comic book of all time. I think that I think that this was a absolute. Good call. So I got to give Josh a lot of a lot of props for coming up with this. So we've been kind of building up to this for a long time. In fact, episode twelve was when we first mentioned it. And it's my twentieth birthday. <laughs> my twenty first. Twenty first birthday. Nice. And uh, so I'm going to play a clip. It's about a minute, minute and fifteen seconds long. Of uh, Josh was giving the rundown, and this is. But you can imagine her saying, "What's more important, those tubes or or me?" Don't like, shut up, woman! Leave me to my science. <laughs> Don't you dare make me decide. So she drives <laughs> off. With, she drives off with the kid, <laughs> and then Warren gets a call that uh, there's been a car crash and they're dead. So he forgot all about them, and his passion was never reawakened until he saw Gwen Stacy for the first time at Empire State University. By the way, that car crash. There's going to be a retcon involving it in a few months, and let me just tell you. It's a very ridiculous retcon. I cannot wait. In the Clone Saga? No way. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. You know what? Yeah, just... I'll let, I'll, I'll let you guys put in a guess right now about... Must be still. Know, His wife and daughter were clones. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. I yes. don't, but I don't, I don't wanna know, cause I don't want to know, because I want to be surprised. All right, fast forward... Uh, I was going to tell, but I'll like, fast forward the podcast 30 seconds if you don't want to know, but... Uh, uh, we, 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 won't, we won't say the retcon yet. We'll explain. <laughs> I'll just tell you, it's really ridiculous. It's, it's, <laughs> I can't wait. It's really ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> it's like fan fiction. <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, we actually kind of been referencing that since literally 2010. And, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I have to say that it's time for Donovan to, to finally talk about this, but we're going to first have Josh give us the rundown. <laughs> Pull up a chair. This is a lengthy one, I bet. Yeah, this this is a lengthy one. The, um, the, the file that I have that I wrote this down in from Microsoft Word 
my recap is 979 pages long, and that's without embellishments, you know, from me that I have pages. <laughs> 979 pages? Oh, 979 words. Good God. I was say, come on. <laughs> yeah, 900 and yeah, I don't think that the issue's even that long. But okay, but first, uh, I need to give some background for this mess because it, th- this is a mess. You know, the, the, there was a Spider-Man writer named uh, Jerry Conway. He wrote a story, a Clone Saga, and then it was over, and it was never you know thought about again. And he came back in the 80s, and an editor said, "Hey, wasn't that cloning stuff wacky? How about you do a story retconning it? It surely won't create a mess for later." So Conway said, all right, and, and I'm not joking, it, it, it happened like that. So there's a story where the Glenn clone comes back, she's being chased by the high evolutionary stormtroopers who kidnap her and run genetic tests on her, and um, you come to find out, like the high evolutionary, like, basically breaks the fourth wall. You could tell this is a Marvel editor saying, I knew that a middle-aged college professor with the resources of Miles Warren could never instantaneously clone a human being. No, no, no. This is some random woman that was given a genetic virus, and she just thinks she's Gwen Stacy. Oh, well, high evolutionary out. And then um, the, one of this Marvel superheroine woman called, like, the Dreamweaver, which she's always called the Daydreamer in, like, the footnotes, but that wasn't her name, changes um, Gwen Stacy back to this unnamed woman who's later given the name Joyce Delaney and then you know all's well that ends well and then the letters came in from different (laughs) Spider-Man fans saying this does not make any sense if you ever get a chance to read issue 148 of Spectacular Spider-Man it's filled with letters about the annual people saying this like in in the Hermes Conrad voice that raises even more questions they're like if Gwen was never um, a clone then what about Karin and what about um, the Spider-Man clone so they had to do a follow-up story where Peter finds Miles Warren's journal and reads that, um, and that's where you first get the name Joyce Delaney, that the Gwen clone was Joyce Delaney, and that Anthony Sebra, who was Miles Warren's lab assistant that he murdered in the 70s, was actually transformed into Peter Parker. So the spider clone was Anthony Sebra, and that the Karin virus was not clones, it was just a virus infecting random people. So there you go, <laughs> you know. That, that that explains everything perfectly. Until Ben Riley came back in the 90s, and this is something that bothers me, and if I was a new reader at the time, it would have bothered me a lot, how, like, every issue would go by, and Peter would never turn around and say, wait a second, I read a journal. You're actually some guy named Anthony Sebra. I should, like, take you to a lab to transform you back to your original identity. But uh, none of that happened. And every once in a while, like, they would say, hey, Jackal, can you explain the high evolutionary, you know, bullcrap to us? And the Jackal would say, there'd be plenty of time for explanations later. And there never would be. Well, that time has come now for explanations. So are you ready, kids? Here we go. Hmm. The book is called Scarlet Spider Unlimited, number one. There's not going to be a number two, so... Thank God. Yeah. And even though the, even though there's a tease for the next issue at the end. Well, yeah, it's the next issue of Unlimited when it's going to be Spider-Man Unlimited again, which was actually a good issue. The next one, I liked. I liked that one. I wish we were doing that one, but this is fun too. We see Ben Riley's Scarlet Spider on top of you know Kane's clone regeneration pod, and it says the Tomb of Kane. Don't believe that cover. It's a pack of lies. Because if you look at this story and think that it's going to be a story about Kane's tomb, you'll be satisfied for about three pages. I thought it was like five total, but yeah. Yeah, could be. We start off three weeks ago. Kane's regeneration tomb is being stolen by unseen figures who intend to use it to discover the master's secrets. And that flashback is only one, you know, splash page long, because we cut to the present, where Ben Riley is the Scarlet Spider, 
sees Warren's old warehouse being raided by the feds. Jacob Raven wants in, but the feds say no cops. So unseen as the Scarlet Spider, Ben Riley observe Raven sneak into the quarantine wearing a hazmat suit and decides to help him before he gets in over his head. So he goes in. The feds say that they're an organization called the WHO, World Health Organization, and that they've traced the Karin virus, which killed all the people in that small town in maximum clonage, to this location. Despite the all-clear that WHO eventually gives, Ben Riley's sense is still tingling. Ben Riley's spider sense is still tingling. Inside, Raven finds a secret entrance to Jackal's Dexter's lab. He finds Kane's pod, which alerts him the unseen figures from the first page. Scarlet Spider heads to the hidden lab via the sewers while reminding the readers that Kane is dead and that he thought the clone saga was over. Oh, Ben. <laughs> ways to go. We are only halfway there. <laughs> Raven awakes, tied up as his captors hear the Scarlet Spider approaching. The beasts reveal themselves to Ben as they exposition their names. They're all human-animal hybrids, and no, I'm not going to go through their roll call because it's tedious and it's a waste of time. And that's how they suck. Yeah. <laughs> Scarlet scuffles with them for a few pages before temporarily trapping them. He finds his way to the lab where he sees the computers copying and erasing files to an unnamed source, unknown source. Scarlet finds and frees an ungrateful raven as the animal men return. During the scuffle, Kane's pod is opened. Before things can go any further, the High Evolutionary's floating head appears, demanding that the Animen, as they're called, report into them. The Animen say that they've downloaded the files, so he teleports them away. Scarlet hitches a ride against the Animen's will, leaving Raven unconscious with the un, with the open Kane pod. And then that story is going to be forgotten about until the very last page. <laughs> Scarlet finds himself in Wondagore, where the, where the citizens, the Animen, attack him, with more exposition about their powers and stuff. The battle goes to a church where Scarlet is captured, and the various Animen debate ways to execute that, him, mostly involving crucifixion. A priestess in a jackal getup stops them and asks them if they recognize the other one. They then tell the story of Anthony Sebra, who was infected with the Karin virus to become Spider-Man, and they bow the Scarlets. It turns out that this church is a shrine to the jackal, led by the priestess Anuba. A huge, yeah, there's a very surreal sentence. A huge gold statue of the Bronze Age version of jackal is revealed. <laughs> ben tells the church that the jackal made clones, not constructs. He's accused of being a false prophet sent by the high evolutionary. Anuba decides to tell their story. Readers unfamiliar with the High Evolutionary learn about his plan for evolved humans and animals. It turns out that his lab assistant is none other than our wacky friend Miles Warren. Warren and High Evolutionary's differing philosophies caused a split. Warren was banished with some of the Animen, thinking his way was better, so they left with him. Warren's new group was experimented on so they could go from animals to human. The ones who became human later decayed into early versions of the Karin virus. Warren would leave his society periodically and return to them. One of his absences was years until he returned as the Jackal, Bronze Age version, saying he had created the clones of Gwen Stacy and Spider-Man. Warren then ordered his society to carry on his research if he didn't return. High Evolutionary came back and destroyed all the Miles Warren memorabilia. He reabsorbed Warren's society into Wondergore. However, a small rebellion, the quote-unquote cult of the Jackal, remains loyal from to this day. 
Spies from the Cult learned of Warren's death in Amazing Spider-Man issue 149. The High Evolutionary discovered the Cult's memorial service and vengefully said he'd expose Warren for the fraud he is. <laughs> Which, <laughs> that whole part is hilarious to me. <laughs> worshipping? What's this? Huh. <laughs> not, not, only, not only do I not agree with your worship, I vow to, like, defraud, you know, your idol in any way possible. So if you think that it's complicated now, we're just getting started. We then flash back to the events of Spectacular Spider-Man Annual 9, where the High Evolutionary kidnapped the Gwen clone, ran tests on her, and discovered she was a genetic construct. Anuba didn't believe it, so she sent her own spies to confirm. They found Warren's journals from Spectacular Spider-Man 149, which corroborated the story. Ben wonders about the implications of all of this and wonders if he or Peter are in fact Anthony Sebra, which I, I, I don't know why Ben would think that it might be him, but, you know, because... I thought that that was put to bed temporarily for a while. Anyway, Ben asks why they still worship the Jackal. Anuba pretty much says, eh, because. Ben says cloning is possible, so a plan is laid to march to the lab of the High Evolutionary and get the truth once and for all. A scuffle between the Knights of Wondergore and Anuba's cult follows. So many animal people fighting, I don't dare care to keep it straight. The High Evolutionary comes and turns Anuba into a real jackal with his, like, de-evolution powers. He orders the fighting to stop and proceeds to tell Scarlet another Miles Warren origin story. During Miles' time as the High Evolutionary's assistant, Warren evolved a jackal into a jackal man. The jackal man would sneak off into the night and terrorize farms, causing the townspeople to hunt for him, which would endanger the High Evolutionary's operations. This is the event which caused Warren's exile that was being spoken about earlier. Hey, remember Warren's wife and kids from that Web of Spider-Man issue? It turns out he started his family after his time with the High Evolutionary. The Jackal Man escaped from Wondergore and killed Warren's family in a jealous, jealous rage. Remember that car crash that we learned killed them? Now we know. <laughs> And, and, and that panel where he's causing the car crash, he's like mugging, you know, the panel, looking at the reader saying, everything you know is wrong. <laughs> Warren then returned to Wondergore and sparked a rebellion. Many new men leaving with Warren over the promise of becoming human. When asked what became of the Jackal Man... The High Evolutionary says nobody knows, but there are unconfirmed sightings in Canada. God, golly, this sounds like a thread that's going to be picked up in later issues. Could it be that one day there'll be an issue where we fight the Jackal Man? Probably not. The High Evolutionary says that the whole genetic construct thing was just a big misunderstanding that never meant any harm. He was just trying to take away people's religions from them. Aw, oh, shucks. It just got out of hand. <laughs> He reveals that he lied about the Gwen clone thing being a construct and that he planted the fake journals. And if you read those journals, like from Spectacular 149, they're really elaborate. Like the High Evolutionary, like, had to, like, probably spend long nights by a candlelight writing these things and, like, making himself seem in character as Miles Warren. Like, get in the zone, like, okay, I'm a middle-aged man obsessed with a teenage girl. I'm a middle-aged man obsessed with a teenage girl. The High Evolutionary and Scarlet Spider return to the various Animen who have continued beating the tar out of each other in their master's absence. He tells the truth and turns Aniva back into a jackal woman. Ben returns to the lab where he awakens Raven, who says, Hey, remember the plot from the first few pages with Kane? Well, he's now missing! Dun, dun, dun! 
to be continued. Okay, I, I want to quickly give the background according to Life of Riley, because if you want to blame somebody for this issue besides the actual writer, you can blame... Glenn Greenberg. His comments from part 15 of Life of Riley are this. Unlike the regular format Scarlet Spider comics, I was actively involved with the creation of Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one. If you liked it, great. If not, I freely admit that I am one of the people to blame. Basically, the situation was that there were still a number of Clone Saga-related continuity problems that needed to be resolved, and it was decided that this double-sized comic would be the place to clear everything up once and for all. Glenn Herdling, who was at the time a full-time Marvel editor and freelance writer, perhaps known at the time for his work on Namor and Avengers Unplugged, was hired to write the story. Glenn's a great guy and a good friend of, of Glenn's. He, he's also a very good writer with a lot of good ideas and a terrific sense of humor. When I became an editor, I'd hired him to do some writing for me, and I was always ple- with, pleased with the results. And to top it off, Glenn knows Spider-Man very, very well. Back in the late 80s, early 90s, when Jim Salakrup was editing the Spider-Books that included the mega-successful McFarlane era, Glenn was the assistant editor, so you couldn't argue with his credentials. But this issue was so monumental a task, so unavoidably mired in explaining away multiple contradictions and buried under layers of long-winded explanations that it was a trouble project from the start. It would have even made Roy Thomas head for the hills in abject terror. Poor Glenn really had his work cut out for him. Glenn Greenberg's job, along with his fellow Spider-Man group assistant, editor Mark Bernardo was to outline Glenn all the continuity issues that needed to be addressed in the story. There was a big there was a big plotting lunch at the local restaurant consisting of Hurdling, Bernardo, Greenberg, Brevoort, Eric Fine, and Spider-Man Group editor Bob Ulansky. I can't remember for sure, but Peter Sanderson, Marvel's librarian and resident continuity expert, may have also been there. Our goal was to try to map out the story during this lunch and have a rough outline by the end. Bernardo and, and Greenberg detailed all the continuity issues that they needed to be resolved, and Bob had his own directions for hurdling in terms of what he wanted to do in the story, in addition to clearing up all the continuity stuff. Most of Bob's directions involved Kane and raising the possibilities of his, of his resurrection. But in that lunch, I think hurdling's head was going to explode, so overwhelmed was he by the things he had to address and accomplish in this one story. Greenberg genuinely felt sorry for him. He didn't recall how many drafts of the plot Glenn Hurdling had to do, but he knows that there were several. Hurdling took it all in stride, though, and I think he managed to have some fun in the process. So, yeah, that's that's the background. Knowing that, Donovan, we've been waiting with bated breath to hear your thoughts on this, and we know that I'm probably going to have to use the bleep button about 1,700 times, but give us your thoughts. <laughs> I, I cannot put it any more uh, evidently than that. This was fucking This really was. And I, I, to, to, to censor myself would be betray my own feelings, to be honest. Like, I knew, I guess, 10 pages in that like I was in for a total uh, skipped day of work in terms of effort when he's fighting characters that I swear are either uh, enemies or battle you know, just leaving the blood for the fine, flying fox to feast. Listen to me, Andrew. The day you seek to propose the anime is the day you die. Oh, <laughs> I, I really did not like that. I don't like the idea that, like, he's just fighting these animal freaks the entire time. And, like, the moment they see him, they just, like, you know, just sick themselves up. I'm like, oh. Like, like uh, wait, was this one says, that metal, they're going to crustacean. And he has, like, a, a, a metal thing for an arm. <laughs> I wanted to stop then, and that wasn't even like a, a, a fourth of the way through the book. Oh God, I appreciate them trying to fix continuity and answer questions, but the way they went about it was the way they went about 
uh, answering the continuity questions and everything was admirable, but it ended up making this comic book a disgrace. It really did. Like, this is this is this is this is this is terrible. This really, really is terrible. You really should have heard me when I read this a few hours ago because I was I was screaming at the top of my lungs because, you know, it's just so stupid. <laughs> the very the very the very idea of Miles Warren having anything to do with this like high evolutionary animal people uh, cult is just like what the. What am I reading? Seriously, what am I reading? It's like a giant acid trip. Is, is no, it's, it's, it's not nearly as inventive or creative as an acid trip. It's just lazy and stupid. It's, it's and honestly, like they'll, they'll, you know, they think we'll just read anything that they'll put out. So they, they try their least. You know, they'll say, "Oh, it's Spider-Man," so they'll, they'll read whatever. You know, and you know, there's continuity, so they'll like it automatically. It's like I've never read such a you know utter contempt for the audience as this in a while. And, I've read, <laughs> and there are there are Spider-Man has had a terrible track record in the last let's say 25 years of comics. He has a terrible ratio. Of of good to bad comics, and you know, I, I'm I'm a fan of the Clone Saga. This doesn't like you know take away my enjoyment of the Clone Saga, but this is just like this is worse than Maximum Clonage. This is worse than you know Peter smacking his wife. Maybe not morally, but like in terms of like writing wise, it's just just welcome to Wondergore, Wildcrawler. Welcome to our home. Its residents don't take kindly to strangers, especially those who interview with the Monarch's divine mission. It's just so this doesn't belong here. It really doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, it, <laughs> it sticks out like a sore thumb. Gerard and I, uh, we recorded uh, an episode with Greg a couple weeks ago, and, and, and at the end of the episode, Gerard, we were teasing this episode, and Gerard actually said this may be one of the worst comics that's ever been written, and it seems like you're agreeing with that assessment, it's at least Spider-Man comics. Earlier today, I said this is worse than one more day. That's how upset I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And I'll tell you what. You know, I don't really believe that, but, like, I mean, it's just... <laughs> it's so... Lazy, yeah. like the the utter absence of thought, care, and effort really pisses me off. You know, and I'm like, you know, oh, oh, it's stupid because it's a comic book. That means I'm mad. I mean, like, you know, it's just a comic book, but like, it's just so stupid. I mean, it's one thing to say there's a cult of furries, you know, <laughs> that for, for for some all reason they're uh, uh, they're worshiping Miles Warren, but oh, yeah. to say that, put that in the comic, and like. Just refuse to explore that as an idea, you know. Scarlet Spider is, you know, he's in a double hoodie, like like with, his, with these cults worshiping, waiting for answers to be like they take. They, there's there's a there's a there's a totally transparent and false sense of taking this seriously, you know. It's yeah. like you know, oh, he's a, he's a false prophet or whatever, but it feels so shallow. It feels so hollow. The coloring is just piss poor. The artwork's mediocre and feels so stupid. I mean. Why is why is Miles Warren a part of a an animal cult? <laughs> like, like, like honestly, it's and, just and this and, is, and, and the uh, jackal man, as uh, as uh, Josh referred to him as the, the, the family. What year did this come out? Ninety five. Yeah, ninety ninety five. This 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 could have been like the death of the Spider Man franchise. Honestly, wow. <laughs> you have I, I, I'm not, you have. A storyline where the background involves the Peter Parker that you've read for years going away after committing, you know, heinous acts of character assassination, and then they they refuse to let this go by having uh, the, the successor fight a cult of of animal furries, you know, and gleam upon this nonsense with like the jackal. Why would Miles Warren become the jackal if a jackal killed his family? Like, what kind of sense does that make? Like, why would they? 
erect a golden god of the jackal. Of the Bronze Age jackal, no less. Decked out in a skin-tight, naked man, underwear-wearing costume, which never makes any sense. Like, it's just, <laughs> why, why are they wearing Egyptian and African jewelry if this is a dedication to the jackal? What does that have to do with anything? Like, there's no mention of Anubis besides, you know, like, like the theme of the name Anubia, but it's just, it, it, f- me. This is, this is so stupid. It's just, it's just, there is no seeking up for this issue. You know, oh, oh they, they try to answer a, a, an incredibly dumb retcon. You know, they, they try to answer uh, stories of, of a, of, you know, a story. I, I, haven't, I haven't read the carry-on story, but it sounds like it's crap anyway. Um, just, oh, no, no, no. I, I disagree with that, Don. You, the, the, the first Karen story that was done by Bill Mantlo in um, the late 70s was good. And even some of the McBri- Malcolm McBride uh, books with Conway uh, writing those. Yeah, it was Conway, wasn't it, Josh? Yeah, Conway did the Malcolm McBride stuff. Um, I, I thought that, I, it, most of that's collected in the original Clone Saga trade, Don, and it's really good stuff. Well, fair enough. I mean, I'm not read it, so I don't. I don't want to like you know pass judgment on, even though it just did. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> uh, I mean, the High Evolutionary teleports Scar Spider and then starts drinking from like a goblet as though he's Ernst Stavro Blofeld. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and now look into my hand. It has a hologram of the 90s jackal. Let me tell you yet another retcon, you know, from these forged journals that I have, which are even more forged journals in, like, the entire history of the Clone Saga. Like, it's basically like, you know, rewriting somebody's <laughs> script. And, uh, I mean, I can't... It's, it's, it's getting late, so I can't, I can't actively think about creative ways to explain how god-awful this is. It's just, it's not so much that, like, the ideas are bad, although the ideas are terrible. It's just, like, it's just so, they don't care. They've totally given up care. Why, why do they give this story to a writer who has nothing to do with Spider-Man? Like, what's the woman's name? Glenn. The woman's name is, uh, Glenn Hurtling. Is that a man or a woman? It's a man. <laughs> it's a man, baby. <laughs> okay, Glenn Hurtling, how much, how much, how much has he, has he to do with Spider-Man? Well, uh, he was a group editor or assistant editor during the McFarlane run, but he wasn't he wasn't doing anything actively with Spider Man at the time. You're Why right. Why did they get a retcon issue to write? Like, where, where's be- Defalco? Where's be- the- <laughs> because Defalco's too busy pl- plotting Cyber War, which we'll cover in a couple of episodes. Clearly, he had the time to do that. Right. So, God knows, Cyber War didn't didn't take a Bible's worth of time to write. <laughs> a Bible's worth of time. <laughs> I just, I mean. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I don't want to say, oh, this doesn't make sense, that's why I'm angry. It's like the utter lack of interest in writing a compelling story. Like the, the abject refusal to engage the reader. Like, oh, there's a cult. A cult is an interesting thing. That might automatically get the reader. No, you know better than that. It's just, like, I, I can't imagine this being in Spider-Man's history. Like, when, when Peter Parker is, like, you know, clipping his finger, fingernails one day after a fight with I don't know, Hammerhead, and says, oh, yeah, remember when Ben told me about that time he went to that, that evolution cult and, like, you know, there was these wacky retcons with Joyce Delaney turned out to be a lie and the journals were forged. So it's just, it's an awful chapter into the Spider-Man history, and that I really take offense to, to be honest. And I know that's a nerdy complaint, but it's like, it just, it, just, it speaks of the intent of the, of the writer and the writers and editorial staff that they put out such shit. It's just that. You know, I, I, I've said several times that... 
the jumping of the pit of doom moment. Like like jumping the shark with the clone saga was was obviously the issue two twenty six of spectacular, and jumping into the pit of doom was was the scroll spider month. This was the book I was talking about. As bad as 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 virtual mortality and cyber war are, and they're very very bad. Don't get me wrong. This was the single issue that may be the worst issue of the Clone Saga, just on, not necessarily, just on, like you say, the the utter contempt for the reader that is is expre- is inadvertently expressed. I don't th- I don't think Glenn Hurdling intended on this to be coming through this way, and I don't think Greenberg intended you know for it to to be that way because he was the he was the editor for this book specifically. I just think that it really didn't do one. It just confused the reader more. It did the exact, this was exactly just like a annual eight. I think Josh referred to it as annual nine, but it was actually annual eight. Uh, I think it did just as much, um, raised just as many questions as it did, uh, attempt to answer them. And I think it is <laughs> Hermes, the Hermes Conrad show. Exactly. I, it just, I mean, it really, absolutely. I, I just, I, I hate this issue on so many levels. But I want to. hates its audience so much. Yeah, I want to get uh, Josh's thoughts. Obviously, you heard a lot of it through his through his rundown, but I want to get his more uh, detailed thoughts, Josh. Well, and um, first of all, in, in a book which is designed to you know fix continuity errors, there's more um, that are made. I want you to look at the pictures of Warren's family in issue 125 of Webb, and look at the, you know, issues of his family, um, the pictures of his family in this issue. Apparently, some of that high evolutionary genetic, you know, um, experimentation was done on one of his kids, because he had two daughters, and one of those daughters has become a son. (laughs) (laughs) I totally forgot about that. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, I I had to go back and, like, double-check that, because, like, I, I wanted to, like, brush up on, like, the retcons to see, like, how much they made sense before I reread this. And I looked, and I'm like, wait, Warren has two daughters in this. And that's definitely, like, that's not a cross-dressing little boy. <laughs> it's, um, so, yeah. Nice. Uh, okay, let me, I'm trying to figure it out, how to vocalize this. There's so much, Phil, you can't, you, this, made you speak th- this book reminds me of a fight that I had with my ex once, where, like, there was something that she had to do, and, like, in doing it... She wound up, like, you know, getting me angry. She's like, well, I had to do it. And I said, there was more than there was more than one way to do this. There was more than one option. And that's what goes back to this. Yes, you had to be done. It's continuity errors. It doesn't mean that they had to do it this way. You can't fall back on we had to do this. Because you could have... So many ways. First of all, this should have been addressed way earlier in the Clone Saga. Like, the second that Ben Riley shows up, Peter Parker should be saying, you're, you're a man named Anthony Sebra. I know this for a fact. You know, we need to get your life back. And, like, when they're doing all those genetic tests with Seaward Trainer, at no point is he like, hey, check to see. It's like Peter forgot this story. And it is mentioned once or twice. <laughs> at, at, at one point in... At one point in Maximum Clonage, it's mentioned, um, because I remember, like, Warren's tied up. He's like, don't you want to know how I tricked the High Evolutionary? Which, by the way, is a dirty lie, because apparently he didn't trick the High Evolutionary. The High Evolutionary did this, like, as some sort of personal vendetta. Like, it was nothing. He's like, you guys are worshipping someone that's not me, so 
just the absurdity that a cosmic a character as cosmic as the high evolutionary is so petty. <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> to forge Miles Warren's journals, and it, because that's the problem with like the retcon is that you have to deal with these journals, you have to deal with Gwen Stacy, you have to deal with Anthony Sebra, but making Miles Warren the lab assistant of the high evolutionary before he became a ESU teacher. That's really weird. Like, reread issue um, 53 of Amazing Spider-Man, where he's taking Peter and Gwen to that ultimate nullifier exhibits, you know, when he looks like he's from a 1950s sitcom father knows best, <laughs> and think that, like, yes, like, oh, yeah, a year before he did this, he was experimenting on jackal men, you know, and, like, in the <laughs> mountains with demigods. This is a Stanley like, character. I know, like, <laughs> this, this, this this guy, like... And then, why are they doing things, like... While they're answering questions, they're trying to raise more questions. Like, Peter's like, hey, what... Uh, not Peter. Uh, Ben's like, what I don't get is how, how a middle-aged man like Miles Worm was able to go toe-to-toe with the likes of Frank Castle and me. Oh, well. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are you asking that now? Why are you trying to confuse us even more? Stop it. And then at one point he thinks, unless... Nah. Unless what? Are you saying that Miles Warren and the Jackal Man might be the same person? Like, what is that supposed to even imply? Yeah, I'm um, on the page right now. He's like, could it be that Professor Warren and the Jackal Man were... Nah. Were what? Like, like lovers? Like, like what? <laughs> the only thing that was missing was somebody standing in the shadows observing this. <laughs> oh, yeah, the st- yeah, like, everyone is everyone's lab assistant. Like, uh, <laughs> like, like, Seaward Trainer, you know, turned out to be Miles Warren's lab assistant, but Miles Warren was a lab assistant to the High Evolutionary. So, like, that makes, um, that makes Seaward Trainer, like, the grandson of all of us or something. <laughs> the High Evolutionary is his lab grandpa. And then, of course, Norman Osborn, you know, he's, he's dicking around somewhere that we don't know about yet. Europe. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean, we don't know yet at this point in the story. Uh, I don't know Norman's involved in this anymore. This is all, like, this is all, like, basically, like, like the High Evolutionary and Miles Warren playing with each other. It's like how is Norman? How, how exactly is Norman involved in this again? I mean, Norman, I know, but like it, it, it almost doesn't make any sense. Well, the Clone Saga. My favorite version of it is the original '70s version, where it was this jackal in love with Gwen Stacy, and he couldn't quite get over her death. Now it turns out he's like a man of science who used to work. Like this complicates things even more. It's like you know when people talk about Mephisto in uh in One More Day, it's like. We, we don't need the high evolutionary in our clone saga. And I know that he was there in the 80s when he, like, ran the test into the journals. But you could – you don't have to bring him back in. You could say that somebody else faked Warren's journals or that Warren faked his own journals and that he didn't want anyone else to learn the secrets of cloning. So, like, he did some shit to the Gwen clone to make her seem like she was Joyce Delaney. See, that's another problem is um, at the end of the spectacular um, annual – She's changed back into Joyce Delaney. Like the spell is broken by this woman, and like the best rock on that they could come up is that is that um, <laughs> the um, the the new gods, the young gods woman, didn't want the Gwen Stacy clone to feel bad, so she fabricated like a human identity for her and made her think it was real. Nice job fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> and she gave her a really bad perm too. Yeah, yeah, the Romita Mary Jane haircut. Yeah, the. Uh... It's very ginchy. Who, who did the, <laughs> you guys know who did the artwork for Annual Eight? Mark Bagley. Conference? No, it was Mark Bagley. It was uh, I think Mark Bagley's first Spider-Man work. 
Really? What it was. That was the, it was. That was actually the book he did after winning the uh, Marvel tryout contest, right? It's really it rough, the, the art. But, um, they, they, gave, they gave him pin-ups to do in one book, and I can't remember what it was. But it was a uh, it was a an annual that had the Eternals in it. I can't quite remember what it was, and then I think the second assignment he got was this. Yeah, it, it, you can tell it's Bagley, but it's very. I mean, obviously, it's it's his first Spider-Man work. See, I thought it was, I, I saw the images of that earlier today. I thought it was like Ron Friends or something. I need to look at it again. Yeah, it's it's very it's it, it like I say very early Bagley, but but it's it's Bagley. So Bagley's had his fingerprints all over this since the eighties. I'm looking Don, at those pages right now, and and Gwen is drawn like really awful in one page. But I was telling Don on the phone earlier that like I love the sequence in that annual where the Gwen clone like runs into Peter's apartment and doesn't even give him a chance to say hello, grabs him, and like, oh Peter, it's so horrible. I'm so glad that you're not Spider-Man now. Excuse me as I stare at this spider chest under your bathrobe. Spider chest under your bathrobe, and then like runs away crying, Betty Brand style. <laughs> but 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 the, the way that the panels are like you. you see See that moment where like Gwen's hugging Peter and like she's like, oh mm. shit. I'm looking at the this spectacular. And I, I can definitely tell now. You know, I, I thought I recognized my mind recognized it, but I didn't actually think about it when I saw it. But that's definitely well, Mark Beckley. Well, Don, you're you're mentally de- connotating because I think because Sal drew Spec 140, whatever the issue was well, that you just one, referenced. Spec, spec 149. Yeah. Right. He drew that one, and that was in the link you sent earlier. So. Well, I mean, I, I, like, like Dreamweaver, whatever, Daydream, or whatever name it is. Like, I can tell that's that's a Bagley, like that's a Bagley face. Yeah. yeah. Just let it be our little like secret, you know, how I like messed up this woman's life, and and the explanation for that in Web One Twenty Five was like even less sensible. She saw a Spider-Man book and it broke Dreamweaver's spell. Which like, and it turned Wait, her back. She saw the, she saw the Web's huh? book, and that's how bro- that's how the spell was broken. That was a backup yes. story in 125. Wow. Yes, the the backup story where I she's told- like, Warren, you're supposed to be dead, but you came for me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I forgot about <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> and then the spell will be broken by true love's first kiss. You know what Here's- the most humiliating part about this for me is? Humiliating. Like, I don't know, humiliating too, but like, when that, that panel says, promising to make them human, Warren led a faction of my new, new men out of Wondergore. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, swords behind them and everything. It's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> got their, they got their torches. And I'll give you my sword. I'll give you my axe. I'll give you my bow. Nine companions. <laughs> it is agreed. It shall be called the Fellowship of the Re- you. <laughs> and, apparently, and apparently that panel also forgot that Wondergore was A, on top of a mountain, and B, like, miles and miles and miles away from any civilization, which means that he literally just had to march these guys, like, for, like, three days before he could get to, like, an airport or something to get back home. So just imagine you're walking, you're, you're like, you know, tending your cows or something, and this freak starts walking by with, like... You know, walking bovine monsters and and freaking you know jackals with with shotguns and, and knives and stuff. It's like, what the hell's going on? You're like, is this like some sort of like you know pagan ritualistic type thing? I don't know. <laughs> well, and you know, it's it's a shame that Miles Warren, you know, didn't have a cult that he could call on that worshipped the ground that he walked on during times that he needed them, like the original Clone Saga or you know, when, uh, maximum clonage, or like any effing time. He's like, I'm create an army of clones. You have a you have a cult of animal men. Think that you're a god. Use them. <laughs> 
Okay, so we haven't really heard Gerard's thoughts. Gerard? I wonder what they are. Well, hold on, is Josh done? Josh, you got any more to say? Um, For now. I mean, it's like I could talk about this issue for... uh, See, (laughs) the funny thing is, um, uh, when we were doing Cyber War, there was like three parts, and I was like, oh, I'll just recap Unlimited, because I don't have time to write a recap, because work is busy right now. And then like a week or two ago, we're scheduling, and Zach's like, for Tony, you have Unlimited. And I'm like, what? What? Why is he giving me the 53 pay? Oh, that's right. The Piper's come back to collect. Uh, (laughs) Then I started reviewing this, and I like recapping this, and I was like, oh, oh, this is bad. This is is gonna be so much fun to do. Like, I couldn't wait to do this episode. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, you can go ahead, Gerard. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I think we've already gotten on the uh, the horn about this. this. This issue is a disgrace, and quite frankly, it's a stain upon human existence. And every person involved with the creation of this, from the person that wrote it to the the compositor in Marvel's offices that put it together, should feel shame for themselves, for their families, and for the human race. Like this is one of the worst things that I've ever read in my life and (laughs) alright I have like I have two actual points and the rest is just a bunch of stupid crap I wrote down while I was observing this because really about five pages in your brain starts to melt and all the things that you write down on a sheet of paper or type into word all, all the letters and stuff just start to like coagulate and you can't make any sense of anything that's happening in your life anymore so this is not going to be particularly coherent but uh Obviously, both things I wrote down are cons here. Uh, Don already hit this one. It's the art. Like, it's it's pretty bad, but the coloring in particular is what really kills it. Like, it's it's candy colored, mm-hmm. and it has these weird like they were trying to do some kind of depth of field effect or something, because randomly there will be panels that are like half blurred to like try to separate something from the foreground back, but they did it so badly. Like, there's one particular page, I don't have the thing in front of me right now, but there's one page where it's like Scarlet Spider is fighting a bunch of these beast men or whatever, and then there's a couple of beast men in the foreground, right? And you'd think that the the fight that's happening would be, like, the, the focus, but no. For some reason, the colorist decided that we really needed to see those couple of beast men's back in the foreground, and... Everything else, it looks like somebody just smeared a bunch of Vaseline all over the page because it's just, it's all blurry. And they did this on multiple pages. It's really infuriating because it makes you wonder if the person that was coloring this even understands what comic books are because no person would ever make a decision like that intentionally. It has to be some kind of ignorance or stupidity or something. Um, the, the whole explanation of like Anthony Serba and like the. Miles Warren and all that stuff. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just wow. By the way, Miles Warren totally looked like Jim Gordon in this issue, right? Oh, that yeah. Wasn't just my oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. He was the lab assistant to... How old is Miles Warren supposed to be in this? This is him and his youngest in the flashback. Like, when we first see him during the Remita run, he has black hair and it's, he's not shaggy. Like, later during the comic run, he ages naturally because he's middle-aged. But here it's like, oh, he always looked like he was on Death's Door. It's like, no, idiots. He's supposed to be, like, younger. My no-prize explanation was that um, when he started at ESU, because he wanted to get with Gwen, he dyed his hair black. Like, oh, yes, (laughs) I'm a young, hip-happening guy. So, Gwen, (laughs) 
Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Not until it's fast. Welcome by Donovan. Nicely done. Yeah, the entire thing is just like a total voodoo shark. Like, he, First of all, he, he, Scarlet Spider gets pulled into that portal to like Thundera or wherever the hell they go. Like, by complete <laughs> accident. And then the entire rest of the issue basically is just all exposition. Like, there's 53 pages in this story. I didn't go count, but I, I, I bet, like, 40 of the 53 pages are just exposition. And at one point, they even sort of realized it, because they even have Scrot Spider point out, like, oh, well, yeah, I might as well pull up a chair. Like, you know, this is the, everybody's telling stories in this issue yeah, or something he, he, like he's that. Like, even he, at one point, was like, uh, another story? <laughs> yeah, it's like, my God. My God. I, I, the second half of the book, the entire thing was orange because they were all flashback panels. Yeah. Uh, just random stupid stuff that I wrote down. Um, <laughs> this issue has the worst variation of the who's on first joke that's ever been written. Yes. Did you guys, did you yes, guys catch I, this? I caught this. Yeah, I think I, think I caught this the other day. Like, yeah. no. There's a, there's a guy, <laughs> it's a, uh, this is one of these random guys in, like, a hazmat suit or something. And he says, uh, I assume you're Spider-Man. And, and Ben says, never assume. I'm the Scarlet Spider. The guy goes, who? And, and Ben goes, first base. And then the, those cre- that silence that you just heard in this room, that was actually the silence that happened on the street when he made that joke. Because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's horrible. Is, is, that the, is that the in the running for worst Spider-Man, like, punchline joke ever. Well, I don't know, because a couple pages later, somebody goes like, it's Miller time, Charlie, just for no reason. I know. What was that? (laughs) He must have been drinking a lot of Millers before he uh, submitted this this script. I'm surprised that one of the Animan didn't say, what? That was... (laughs) Well, that wasn't... This was 95. That wasn't a thing until 98. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) <laughs> so he's so he's fighting all of the furries, right? And by the way, we keep, by the way, keep mentioning furries. Uh, happy birthday to Stella! You know, she, <laughs> well, by the time this is released, and she'll never listen to this. By the time this is released, it won't count anymore. But Stella, I'm sorry, way too many furries in this story. We're um, here. legit for furries. We're not kidding. <laughs> Crush station, <laughs> like street sharks. I want you to think about this for a second. <laughs> Crush station. I don't want to. I almost, almost cracked the beer when I read that panel. I'm like, that's it. The rest of this, like, I need to be on drugs or, or drunk or something. That's what's the to read. guys on Facebook. Like when I got to that panel, I was like, oh. The Crush. The, the most hilarious thing. I, I was sitting at work as I'm getting these these the steady steady stream of consciousness. Facebook messages from Donovan, and I'm like, "You want to see the anatomy of a meltdown via text? Here you go." <laughs> and okay, now normally we we all know we've read a lot of comics between us all we've decades worth. Whenever they start introducing characters and giving you very detailed explanations of their powers and what their names are and stuff, that usually means that they're either going to be significant or that they're going to appear later on, like they're spitting them off into something. 
when the Animen show oh, God, I hate saying that every time when the Animen show when up when the furries just say when the furries oh yeah the furries show up they start expositing their names and their powers and stuff and I'm I'm sitting there reading this like oh no they thought they were making like a team out of this they were going to make a spin-off book with these guys weren't they this is totally like the. This is like if you played that NES game, Action Fifty Two. This is totally like the Cheetah Men thing, where like you're like, oh my god, they're actually trying to merchandise this before anything else. But so Scarlet Spider webs up like a sewer tunnel, right, or whatever the hell that hatch thing is, and he like shoots some webs or like impact webbing or something like that, and they're all standing on the other side, like, oh no, it's blocked. What are we gonna do? <laughs> they have someone with razor sharp wings. A person with like a crusher claw, and like they could have just broken through that in three seconds. One guy could breathe fire. Some, but for yeah, one could breathe fire. But for some reason, that that thin panel of webbing that they can see through, by the way, is like an impassable barrier. It's like an invisible wall from a video game or something. They're like, oh, that's it. We can't get through here. And <laughs> there, there's another. I, I didn't write down the pages for any of these quotes because they're just so brilliant, but. At one point, somebody says, your body may be impenetrable, but I gather your antenna have lots of sensitive nerve endings. And I'm just sitting there thinking, oh my. <laughs> like, that could be turned into so many amazing things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but that's all the crap. There's some, there's some, really, there's some legitimately funny s*** in here. And like, <laughs> and I, <laughs> stuff that's just so stupid that it becomes funny. When Scarlet Spider first goes into the sewer, right? He he climbs into a manhole, and then he starts climbing down a ladder down into the sewer. But he's climbing down head first for some reason, and I don't know why. But I found this this panel incredibly hilarious. What page is this on? I thought you were going to say racist for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's on page nine. Yeah, like he's, he's climbing down. Why? And in fact, if you look at the previous panel, he climbs into the sewer hole legs first. That means that in that little space, he felt the need to like actually like turn himself around 180 degrees just so he can go down head first. Why would anyone do this? Um, he starts quoting <laughs> the '90s show. <laughs> yeah, <he does. laughs> yeah, you never find the Avengers down here or the Defenders. Well, maybe the Hulk. Hey, the Parker, you're scared. This loser creature has enough power to tear you in half. Then you change your friend. These admin can tear me in half. Okay, a couple more little random things I found very amusing. Um, <laughs> they're fighting the the uh, the furries, and Jacob Raven is like, "I've had enough of this." So he pulls out a screwdriver to use as a shiv, and he just runs at one of them. He's just like, "Enough of this!" He tries to go stab, him. and I can't. I think it's the flying bat, whatever the. Lion Fox. Whatever, yeah. She grabs him by the ankle and just slams him down face first. Like, WWF style. I was expecting her to, like, jump up on the, the turnbuckle or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, Hulkamania, brother, or something. Like, because, oh, my God. Like, oh, it's really... is ready. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Scarlet Spider's punching another one of the, the random, uh, punching and kicking one of the random things. And he breaks into... William Shatner from Star Trek 3 and he goes I have had he's like kicking him enough of you and he's like you know punching him I'm like what what Why, what is the point of that reference <laughs> what 
Yeah, it's on. It's on. It's the end of page twenty-three, and the beginning of page twenty-four. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> That's it. I have had enough of. I, I, I was getting angry too. It's like, it's like, God, we got to see. Like every time they even like see him by the purples of their eyes, they're like, <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> We are the enemy, you know. We are a human evolution. It's, not, it's like these, like these are bloodthirsty assholes who just run around like killed by like like their henchmen in a video game. <laughs> man as beast, God as man. It's like uh, it's oh god, what was that movie where Sean Connery has the diaper? Oh, Zardoz. It's like a diaper. It's like in Zardoz, you know, the the gun is good, the penis is evil. That's how that's how I read it when I got there. Man as beast, God as man. They need the they need the fly the the giant floating head thing. That could have just sold it. Because uh. the because the jackal sta- the bronze jackal statue or gold jackal statue whatever that just doesn't quite do it. They need a giant floating head, and Sean Connery. Sexing up feminist lesbians or something <laughs> like well, Con- Connery was too, bu- was too busy. Being- Connery was too busy being stuck in cyberspace. Remember? <laughs> yes, that's right. If he brought Seaward Trainer, Seaward Trainer would have known what's up. Check out Seaward Trainer. Their computer I'm back in cyberspace. Okay, wait. So so yeah. guys probably know who Peter Parker and Spider Man are. Yeah, that's right. I, I was mentioning that to Don on the phone. Like, these people, like, this whole town has, like, all apparently knows the identity of Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. Well, I mean, they probably worship the journal of Miles Warren like it's the Bible. I mean, at one point, there is a panel of one of them clutching a book that says Jackal on it. <laughs> like, I, I think I think that's actually their Bible. <laughs> and so, on the fourth day, Jackal took Miles, took Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker to the ultimate nullifier exhibits. No, really. It's the first panel of page 32. It says, A following had developed around the legend of Miles Warren, but many began to lose faith in him. And there's a book that says Jackal on it, and they're all circled around in cloaks and shit, like holding it like yeah, it's a secret Bible. Like evolutionary of man, then why are they, like, you know, about as like, like religious and dumb as your average caveman from, like, you know, the 200s? It's just like, oh, they're the evolution of man. They're super intelligent, but, like, you know, they worship this middle aged. <laughs> They they also live in a 16th century village <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, I, I saw I saw Gaston and LeFou um during the battle. <laughs> no one fights like Gaston. Crazy oh, old war, eh? <laughs> the, the high evolutionary is like Gaston, and he's like singing to like his like henchmen about how he's going to like mess with Miles Warren's journals. <laughs> I, I'd rather read that. Yeah. Oh man, I'm afraid I've been thinking a dangerous pastime. I know. Yeah, I'm actually just sending into madness is discussing this. You better take away my privilege to speak. And, and uh-huh. just... Warren's wearing like penny loafers and his socks. His his pants are tucked into his socks. As he's, he's, wearing, he's wearing yodeler clothes, like hitchhiking yodeler outfit. <laughs> yeah. God. Okay, so I, I guess it's my turn. You 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 went first. Well, yeah, I know, but uh, I'll wrap. <laughs> you, you get two turns. I get two turns. I'm the host, damn it. I, I really can't describe how bad this book is, other than it's just, ugh. 
Really? Because we've spent the last, like, hour and a half trying. I know. I mean, it, it, failure uh, is just so beyond words at this point. You you went into this book trying to fix a problem, and you just you you came out with this turd sandwich that just absolutely is one of the my top five worst books of all time. It's in my top five. What are the other four? Is that a curiosity? I want I want to know what kind of company this book keeps. Oh, uh, well, I, I was going to say well, one more day, part one through four, but. Uh, <laughs> one more day, part three. One more day, part four. Omit mm-hmm. part uh, part four and part one would be part the, all. Yeah, part all. <laughs> That's cheating. That's cheating. Omit and and uh, OMD each count count as one each. <laughs> well, this, this one includes continuity, from, like you know, several issues of another title. So yeah. <laughs> um, okay, fine. Okay, one more. Okay, one more day. Omit unlimited number one. Um, maximum clonage Omega. I mean, come on. That was bad, but I mean, this is like insultingly bad. The only good thing I will say about this issue is, like, at least they finally put the whole high evolution in bed. But good God, did they do it in the worst way possible? And did they take their sweet time doing it? This could have been a two-panel, you know, monologue from the Jackal in uh, Smoke and Mirrors. Well, Josh, I don't know if it's so much they put it to bed as much as they just realize that they f***ed it up beyond any recourse. <laughs> so they just, they just they just ignored it from then on. So so by the way, this is actually, the I think, the final appearance of Jacob Raven. So Wait, is, really? Yeah, I don't think he makes I, I I'm trying to remember, but I think outside of this book... He's not he's in not, Redemption? No, he doesn't show up in Redemption at all. Other than maybe a flashback, but not like as a... I think he... What a great character. Yeah. So, so this is the last appearance, Jacob Raven. Oh dear. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I would say I feel sorry for the poor guy having to have this be his last appearance. Right. But really. Well, I mean, <laughs> and, and, Jacob and as, Raven, and as evidenced by the uh, Glenn Greenberg comments, uh, basically the only reason he even made the appearance was because uh, Bobby Shant wanted to make sure that Kane was in this issue. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, you need to explain that further because really, yeah. Kane wasn't the issue. Well, <laughs> a- yeah, well, I mean, okay. Um, it says most of Bob's directions involved Kane and in raising the possibilities of his resurrection. <laughs> raising the possibility, like the thing is open and he's not in there anymore, like like Jesus style. Yeah. He truly was well, the son of God. I mean, that's why... That's, that's, that's signs down on that one open pod in the, the end. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why that's why the Jacob Raven... That's why the framing sequence of the entire issue is, actually occurs is because of, you know, I mean, get out of that stasis pod so that, you know, bring him back in the return story Which would be like Kane's final appearance... Which would be Kane's final appearance in the Clone Saga until uh, uh, Redemption. <laughs> they build up all of these storylines and they just peter the out. Retcon, don't they? It's a big game called the better retcon for the Anthony Sebra thing than this. Oh, no, I, I, I can't. I can't. My brain hurts too bad from reading this. Because it's, cause it's that hard of a game to win, apparently. <laughs> apparently so. Well, I think, I, think that's, I think that's it. The rules of the game are everyone loses. 
Josh, at the end. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're the you're the spider Yoda's Yoda's apprentice, so. Yeah, it's it's an easy game. Come up with a better retcon than this. Retcon in Smoke and Mirrors, when Warren comes out of the thing, he says, "Oh, I didn't want anyone to, you know, like discover my track, so I did little things like planted fake journals and, you know, like coded your DNA, you know, so that it would look like you guys weren't clones." <laughs> no, I have a better, I have a better answer for this. There's a there's a there's like a, a cloud of mist appears in a panel. Everyone's like, "Ooh, what's going on here?" Dan Slot. <laughs> Dan Slot steps out of the mist and says, "Come on, guys, it was a jackal. Come on." Oh dear. <laughs> it was clones. Of course it was. We could go an entire episode without somebody mentioning Dan Slot. Dan Slot. That wasn't the, that wasn't the first reference. Yeah, that wasn't the first reference to Dan Slot. Don't hang that one on me. Was that Josh? I mean, Dan Slot was an intern around this time. Yeah. Although he he oh, wrote, right. he wrote a backup right. during Planet of the Symbiotes with uh, Mark Bagliar. You know, and I cannot find it's not that's not in the uh, in the Clone Saga trades. Well, because it's a flashback of to like the time when Spider Man had the alien costume. Oh really? Yeah. I'm, it's like he he goes web streaming. Gene DeWolf like kisses him. Yeah. He sees Gene, and Gene, and Gene DeWolf says, oh, I'm not in love with you. That's disgusting, which is, like, completely contrary to every Gene DeWolf book from when she was alive. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean the first thing Dan Slott ever wrote for Spider-Man was, of course, continuity porn? I should have known. was a continuity retcon that, like, doesn't fit in with the established books. I, yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah, well, that's his forte. That's, I'm sorry, I just say fort. That's his fort. Ask him about Parallel Lives sometime and see what he says. Parallel Lives was a bigger retcon than one more day. It made a lie out of every Spider-Man story before it. Yes, I've, I've seen the speeches. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've heard the sermons. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 this, is where, this is where I sit down, because I actually am legitimately getting surly right now. <laughs> Have we graded this yet? Okay, yeah, we have. We need to. Uh, that's a good. That's a good response, Gerard. But in the interest of keeping consistent, I want to go around the horn for grades. Josh, an R. <laughs> Don, I'm just trying to think of something to say. How? I'll give it an H for how could they? <laughs> okay. Uh. Uh, the 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 system of the English language that we use to to assign letters to things in order to to subjectively has grade them it has no it has no meaning anymore <laughs> like this 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 busts the scale like there's there's no adequate way to encapsulate it in a single thing so I I I'll have to put you know DNF or something like you know I, like, or incomplete or, I, I. <laughs> there, there well it's not incomplete because it is just utter utter fuck trash but like. Like you, there is no actual way to assign a grade to this because that actually that completely undermines the whole grading system. There's no way to because somebody will look at this and say, "Well, you gave this an F," but that, but this is the worst thing ever. How could you say that you know random issue of unlimited is also an F? It's like right, right, right. I don't know. You can you can make up something imaginary if you want to, but at the end of the day, all you really want to do is just cry and you know do hallucinogenic drugs until you forget about this. <laughs> wow. See, I've read a lot worse books than this, but, like, it, it's bad. Uh, are you sure about that? Yes. 
there are not that many. I mean, there are actually, there are a lot of bad Spider-Man stories. In fact, I think it's the point now where like most bad Spider-Man stories are bad. But this one's like in a, in, a, in, a, in a realm of itself. It really is. It's like in that rare like one moment in time, one more day realm. It is. I mean, it's so bad. The four of us are relatively well read when it comes to Spider-Man. I mean, well, yeah. I don't know. I've, re- I've read I've read Get Craven and Damn Trouble and and. <laughs> I've read all of these things, and I think this is worse than all of them. <laughs> this is worse than Get Craven. Why? Why? You might need to why read Get Craven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this a Z because it's the lowest letter, the last letter of the alphabet, and that's the uh, that's, that's like uh, the bottom of the absolute grading scale I can think of. This is a Z, so. I'll give you a now I know my ABCs because <laughs> that comes after Z. Exactly. Yay. Okay, I'll give it to an F because it's f***ing terrible. No. <laughs> for, 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 for all the AVGN fans out there, this is rated F for f***ing balls. <laughs> I was just watching videos of him before we got on the call. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, F. And I think uh, universally despised this issue is... Well, there's a faint okay, glimmer. Yoda. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's a faint glimmer to this issue because it is in fact so terrible that it loops back around again to being funny, it, like like a never-ending Arborose that eats its own ass or something. Like I don't, I don't know what the hell that even means. I'm just I just don't understand. Why, like, like, well, why would you make guys who are decked out in like armor and, and leotards and cleavage-hugging spandex? You know, they're half animal, and they just attack Ben Riley in the sewer for no real reason. And it's like, you know, like, like you give them names like Crush, Crush Station. It's like, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> Crush Station is worse than Spider Side. I just mean the name. Like, that may be the worst name ever used in a comic book. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. I, I think of like the worst the '90s pop culture had to offer. Like, like, like when you think of like Street Sharks and uh, the violent as hell Battletoads video game. It's like, oh, did you just like, imply? Did you just imply Street Sharks is anything but incredibly awesome? Because I have to take offense to that. If, if only I could remember the, 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 how the theme song went. And actually, I think the Street Sharks actually make an appearance in the toy uh, Spider-Man toy issue that comes later on the Clone Saga. <laughs> This wasn't the Spider-Man toy issue. No. <laughs> so how, you know this coming this fall, the flying. <laughs> Another image, like in my Street Sharks Google image chart, it's like these four teenagers like strapped to like a chair for science. Yeah, that, that's, that's the origin story. What? Yeah. These, these are people. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen? There were teenage, radical teenage dudes turn, you know, turned by a mad scientist into crime-fighting sharks for reasons. <laughs> this is just like the high evolutionary. Dude, just watch the expository opening theme that I just posted in the that's, chat. That's why I was saying the name of Shizars when I was reading this f***ing awful issue. <laughs> so, like, can they change back at will? Or no. No. They're, they're, no, they're, per- they're permanently teenage sharks. So their lives are running. Jump to find the next next trip home to figure out how to do that. Okay, it's Slider's reference. Well played. <laughs> Nice. All of these things, all of these things that were randomly stringing together to name are better uses of your time than reading this. Yeah, you know, the last issue we covered had like the looter, like you were jacked up on steroids. But at least that was a villain. That was a legitimate Spider-Man villain. He was co-created by Steve Ditko, even though they destroyed the character. Like Scarlet Spider's fighting half men, half animals, and the, like it doesn't get more nineties than that. 
And then you have okay, the higher... first of all, you yeah. said that this is an exposition-ory, like, theme tune. No, it just says Street Sharks over and over again. That's all the exposition you need to know how to pronounce <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that is the joke. <laughs> you slept me, Bing. <laughs> anyway, I, I think I think we've we've said enough on all these guys do is boss through walls. <laughs> they bust. I know, walls. isn't it great? <laughs> says, Dude, all we need, all we need to say on this on this issue. Can we can we say it again? Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's over. let's just wrap this thing up because wow, I we're we're devolving into street sharks talk, comments. Is that, is that- do you think I'm some sort of a renegade? <laughs> I am the one who knocks. Did you say, did you say renegade? Yeah, we we, we, we missed out on our renegade references because he wasn't a mathematician, so he didn't have his, you know, his hair flowing free. That's true. We never see Ben Riley's face in this. He's masks for the entire thing. We wouldn't want any sense of humanity in this comic. <laughs> they, they couldn't get the actor who plays Ben Riley to like show up for this. <laughs> <laughs> so they hired fake Jason. Yeah, <laughs> they hired fake Jason. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Jacob Raven's really in over his head. I better do something. Right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I don't, I don't even like. I, I got the reference, and I'm not even a fan. Okay, oh. <laughs> that's going to almost wrap up this episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Zach Joyner, and we uh, will do some bloopers right now. Why are you temporarily unavailable? Whoa, what are we talking about now? I'm trying to get the freaking iTunes to pull up. So I can get the iTunes review. It's summer camp. Is summer camp is going great. <laughs> Last week we had a canoe race. I came in third place. I really miss all of you guys back at home. Hello, mother. But I'm having, Hello, but I'm, but I'm having fun with all of my cabinets. Got how to go. It's time for macaroni. Okay. So. Good news is all of our, uh, okay, yeah, I knew it was not going to be a big, a big word here. Yeah. All right, so, uh, any more? Let me guess, one of the, one of the words is spelled chornicles, isn't it? No. Okay, good, that drives me nuts. Really? Yeah, I've seen that way too many times, where they, where they, where they switch the, uh, the R and the O, so it's C-H-O-R-N-I. CHR, whatever. <laughs> I'm derailing this. Keep going. Uh, Zach? What the? Hello? Okay, so can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, yeah Zach's not there. Okay. Alright, so. <laughs> he, pr- he pressed the button and. and you know, when this thing gets up to 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious shit. And then you hit the button, and, and everything is important. We saw serious shit. Alright, yeah, so, so, so here's the clip. Oh boy, isn't the year 2010 great? It sure is. <laughs> Why, Donna and I are thinking of starting a new show called Amazing Spider-Man Classics, which will surely run forever. <laughs> that's that's, that's not, not outside the realm, realm of possibility of what we may have said. I, I was, I was going to make like a reference to Gerard reviewing on Crawl Space, but I thought that that might hit a little too close to home. Get a little too close to home. I just made fun of Zach falling asleep earlier in this very thread. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So how's it going? We're doing for.
for Crawl Space Gerard. I love it, and I love everything about it, and I will never stop it for any reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh boy, isn't this monthly schedule great? Why, yes it is. Nothing will ever deter us from it. I can't wait to talk to Walter on his monthly Skype chat, or his nightly Skype chat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, but, but we liked our recording better. Let's just use that one. <laughs> okay, I'll just play the I'll just insert it. So we started off in our story three weeks ago, where Kane's regeneration tomb is being stolen by... Sorry, my thing was lagging there for a second. I don't know what the hell happened. Oh, who, who's, who's married what? What now? Gerard? Never mind. Okay, then. Um, but up, but up. Jin's scallop. Scallop? Salarup. 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 Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a good thing because, you know, riding down the street throwing your newspapers, you're always being attacked by rabid dogs and ghosts and hands coming out of sewer grates and people pushing lawnmowers out into the streets and evil trucks. And, and that, that hand takes you down because you got to fight the Animan and, and uh, you know, in the sewer system. Stop trying to tie it back to this issue, Zach. You've lost the podcast. Right, I'm trying to bring it back. All right, so that wraps so, up. previously on Invasion America. <laughs> you can't <laughs> go home, my dear. <laughs> well done, Internet. <laughs> if it's Rule 34 of Anuba, I'm going to choke things off. Wait a second. Wait a second. And that wraps up this episode of Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast. Next time, we'll cover issues 13 through 15 of Scarlet Spider, also known as In the Midst of Wolves. If you want to get a hold of the show, you got a lot of different ways of doing it. You can like us on Facebook at spidey-dude.com and the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at Clone Saga Chronic. You can leave us a message on our message board over at spidermancrawlspace.com. You can leave us an email at clonesagachronicles at gmail.com, a voicemail at 818-925-6631, or an iTunes review, which we'll read on the show. So in honor of... Uh, both the New Warriors and the Street Sharks talk, I decided to make a custom outro theme. I hope you guys enjoy it, and we'll see you next time here on Clone Soccer Chronicles. like theme tune no it just says street sharks over and over again that's all the exposition you need to know how to pronounce <laughs> exactly <laughs> that is the joke street sharks